Thank you so much. What an honor to be here with you yesterday. I, I, I have my water bottle that they gifted me for being there. It says enough on it. I'm so excited about it. And I'm so grateful to be here today with you. And thank you, Pastor Alex and family and the ministry team for inviting me here on such a special day, Mother's Day, kind of a big deal. Pretty excited about that. And I bring you greetings from the other free state in the Union, Florida. <laughs> we just wanted to make sure that you guys knew we were on the same page, and so they sent me as the ambassador to do that. Now, I'm so grateful to be here in the beautiful state of Texas. I didn't say this in first gathering, but in college, I had a friend, and she was from Texas, and when I met her, she said, Texas, it's all caps. And I will never forget that. So I am in the great state of Texas, and I'm guessing it is all caps. Am I right? <laughs> so that's great, and it's an honor to be here today. I thought it would be really fun, if you guys don't mind, if we could start in a word of prayer and then jump into our talk today, yeah? Join me in prayer. Father God, I'm so grateful to be here. I already feel just the joy of your presence, Lord, that you are here, that you just promised us joy when you walked out of the grave and invited us out. Lord, we're, we're here. We're dancing. We want to just celebrate your presence and that we're honored to be here. I pray that you would open up our ears to hear well. I pray that you would open up our hearts, Lord. We need it to be broken up. Sometimes it gets hard living in this world. And so I pray that as our hearts can become strong, like that you would just break it up today and soften us to your spirit holy spirit be loud today we don't we don't need you to be subtle today lord just speak to us speak to us lord so i pray for every person in here that they just came ready to receive i pray for me lord i just want to get out of the way jesus so i just pray that i am really up here for an audience of you that's it and i pray that every person in here is just like speak to me jesus so as we come to you, Lord, today in that spirit, I also want to just pray for the moms today. I pray for a renewal of strength as they go into the next year in motherhood. It is a tough business, whether it's to adults or little children. I just pray that you strengthen the moms today. I pray for those who have longed to be a mother and sit here today and for whatever reason are not. And we just pray peace on their lives and we ask that you would fill up those spaces for them. And Jesus, we pray for those who might have lost a child or a parent this year, and this is a hard space for them. But I thank you, and we declare over them that you are near to the brokenhearted, that you do not abandon them in that space, but you grieve with them, you cry with them, and then you say, there's space outside the grave. And so I thank you for that, Lord. May we as a church family, Big C Church, may we as a church family surround them in your love. And we pray that today is filled with your truth. In Jesus' name, everybody says... Amen. Amen. Okay. So, I've got some pictures for you. Are you ready? This is fun. If you guys don't know it, don't put it up yet, okay? Don't put it up yet. If you guys don't know it, and I don't know what's happening with the pandemic, so hopefully this returns to our world because it's an important thing. At 7-Eleven, they have a thing called the Slurpee Day. And on the Slurpee Day, I'm about to release some goodness on you. On the Slurpee Day, you can bring any bucket any thing uh, and you can fill it as long as it'll hold it it won't leak they'll let you come in so we're going to show you some pictures look at so 
Now these are some big slurpees, right? It's like, hey, how much do you want? That's how much. And then it's just a flat cost. Isn't that cool? Okay, but it gets better because this kid, <laughs> this kid said, I can, I can up that. I can do more. I, when I first saw this, I thought, you know, we always hear that the public schools are the reason childhood, childhood obesity. And I'm thinking, there's, there's other factors, right? There's other factors here. Okay, last one, because this guy, he's my favorite. Like, like, look at him. I feel like he and I could be friends because he was like, let me innovate this a little bit. The kids had that swimming pool they didn't use. Let me just bring that in and fill that up. And I'm, I pray that this guy had friends that he was sharing that with <laughs> because that is a lot of Slurpee. So now you know when they advertise Slurpee Day, this is what you can do. And what's so powerful about that space is you get as much Slurpee as you bring the biggest bucket. So your capacity determines how big your Slurpee is. Amen? Okay, some of you, can you see where we're going today? Right? This day is about capacity, and I want us to jump in. We're going to actually be in 2 Kings chapter 4, and it's very apropos because we're going to look at a mother here on Mother's Day, but the talk is for all of us, okay? So right here, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor, he owed some money here, is coming to take my two boys as slaves. So I want to set this up for you so you get what is happening in this story. First of all, let's start with my husband. You know him. He was in the company of prophets, one of your guys. What does that mean? So here, this is interesting to me, so I hope it's interesting to you. It's not really applicable to your life, but this is the teaching portion of the moment, okay? <laughs> Actually, there was almost like a college of prophets that we read about in the Old Testament. And what most theologians believe is that Samuel, during Samuel's time, I don't know if you remember this, but Israel began to again return to listening to Jehovah. And in that space, what does a prophet do? The prophet is exactly positioned to hear from God and speak on his behalf, okay? So Samuel was pretty much the only prophet as Israel begins to turn back to God. And so he was like, I need some help. Let me start training up some people who I see that anointing on. And it became kind of what we would call him as like a college, a group of people that he was mentoring. And so that became his little group of guys. Those prophets, it transferred on. There were other people who would step in and become the mentor. Elijah, we see, also became a mentor to this group of prophets, and as it changed out throughout the years, right? And then that college was then passed on to Elisha when Elijah went up to heaven. So that's who we're talking about. We've got a guy from that group that Elisha would have been directly in contact with mentoring. And the wife so probably a younger guy, and he's passed on, so unexpectedly. And in fact, the scripture says, when it says boys, I looked that up, it is young. They're young boys, okay? So she's got two little boys, and he died unexpectedly. And now the creditor is saying, hey, for the boys to pay the debt. Now that's a big deal as a mom, am I right? 
So you can imagine the stress of that space. And you're like, what is that about? What Mosaic law set that up. And it's not just in the Hebrew law. That would have been kind of a cultural thing that was not abnormal for the creditor to receive the children. So this is a conundrum. This is a problem that she has. And so she doesn't bring it to a man. Now you have to understand, even though she's bringing it to Elisha, in that time frame, without Jesus, right, the direct line becomes the prophet. I'm speaking to God in, on your behalf, okay? So that's why she comes to Elisha with the problem, is really she's bringing this to God, okay? So we good? Okay, set up the story. Now let's keep reading. Verse 2, Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Here's the first question. What do you have in your house? The first thing I want you to understand is she's coming with a lack. I cannot pay this bill. And when we come to God in lack, when we're needing something, I want you to understand right away that he will direct you to what do you have? What do you have? He wants to turn our focus to what we have when we're in a space of lack. So that's the first thing. Second of all, it's an inventory space, right? What do you have? What do you have? In fact, this is a question. What do you have in the house? This is kind of a similar recurring question in scriptures. Let me give you a for instance. Moses stood on a mountain. And the burning bush started talking to him about, hey, why don't you go rescue your people? It wasn't why not, because it was a direct order. (laughs) Go rescue your people out of Egypt. And Moses said, I'm not enough, right? He said, I can't do it. And God said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? And what he had in his hand was a staff, a stick. Let's be honest, okay? It is a stick. He found a nice stick and picked it up, and this became a staff, okay? And he said, okay, throw that down on the ground. So Moses obeys. He throws it down, and it turns into a snake. God says, pick it back up. He picks it back up. Okay, what's happening here? God is saying, what do you have? Because that's what I can use. So when Elijah says, what's in your house? I ask the question of you today. Take inventory. What's in your house? What do you got? It's not just in the Old Testament that we see that question. Because you'll remember the disciples come to Jesus after Jesus has been teaching a while, and they're like, hey, crowd's getting hungry, and we don't have anything, and we all pulled out our pockets, and it was empty. So what are we going to do here? And Jesus said, well, what do you got? What do you got? It's your job. What do you got? And they're like, uh. And Philip, I love Philip. He was like, this kid has five loaves and two fishes. I always wonder if Philip was wondering, well, at least you can eat Jesus. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's like, you know, because you could keep teaching, but the rest of the crowd, you know. What do you got? And Jesus said, that's enough. Isn't that cool? Whatever you have with God is going to be enough. He can use it. A stick five loaves, two fishes. And so Elisha says, what's in your house? What do you got? Keep going. Your servant has nothing there at all. Isn't that funny? Immediately discounts, diminishes anything in her home. And then she says, except a little oil. 
Okay. Real talk. And I am going to kind of pull apart some of the women first on this, okay? We like to diminish and discount what God has given us. We're the first to, uh, I can't do anything. I'm not good at that. Aren't we? Let's speak to Ephesians 2.10 that says we are God's masterpiece. That's what it means. Look it up in Greek, same thing. We're, God, we're what God made. And he looked back and he said, it is good. And how many times do we stand in the mirror and say, it ain't good. <laughs> See, we're discounting and diminishing what God has given us. Now, that's one space for looks, okay? But we do that in our talent. We do that in our spiritual gifting. How many of us have all sat down there and we're like, if I could just sing like Vivian right? Don't discount or diminish what God has given you. He says you are a masterpiece. He said you. That is good. I was thinking um, when Leah picked me up uh, Friday time. Uh, what day was it? Friday. She said, hey, while we're in Dallas, would you like to go to the free Dallas Museum of Art? And I was like, yes, right? So we went, and I mean, I got to see some cool things. I got to see some Van Gogh, Renoir, Jackson Pollock. Some of you are like, I don't care. I get it. I am actually not, you know, an art aficionado, but I have been asked before to go to an artist gallery showing. Now this is kind of, it feels very hoity-toity, and on that you can probably gather that is not my thing, right? So you sort of are like, oh, I'm at a gallery showing, so I must act very intelligent and hmm, contemplate these works. How presumptuous would it be, me as not an artist, not an aficionado at all, to stand and begin to criticize the art? Eh, the brush stroke is a little heavy here, don't you think? And uh, the color doesn't make me feel what I should feel when I look at this piece. And yet we stand in the gallery of Jesus, and we do that all the time. Not just with myself, though I'm the worst at that, aren't I? But boy, if I start picking apart myself, it's real quick. The, the next thing I'm going to be doing is picking apart everybody else, too. We are God's masterpiece. Do not diminish or discount what God has given you. Okay, so let's keep, okay, let's keep moving. <laughs> we have covered it. Um, so, verse 3. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. I want you to read that last line with me. Now, I already, I'm going to have somebody to compare you to. I know last week's message, Pastor Alex, about comparison. First gathering, you're going to have to be louder than them when we read this out loud, okay? We're going to read that last line together. One, two, three. Don't ask for just a few. I hope you did it online too. We're watching. Um, what does that mean? He was like, don't have a limited mindset with a limitless God. Ask for a lot. That takes some humility to go to your neighbors and not just ask for a few. And I'll tell you the truth. This is where I live. So this is my conviction of this message, okay? Because sometimes we can be timid, but that makes us limited. The church in Acts, they're thrown, who is it? Peter's thrown into prison for preaching. They gather to pray to get him out. And what do they say? Do they say, God, help us to hunker down and be safe? They say, 
God give us boldness. Don't ask for just a few. Get bold with what you're asking for. And when we come to a spiritual place, this is so powerful. Because remember the Slurpee? We have what our capacity is for. Don't ask for just a few. She doesn't know what's about to happen. Some of you have been in church. You know what's coming. It's a miracle. But she's going to have the capacity for that miracle based on how many jars she gets. Don't ask for just a few. This is for our lives. You are as close to God as you want to be. How many jars have you put out? Because that's how much God you have. The bucket I brought to the Slurpee machine is how much Slurpee I get. The amount of jars she puts out, spoiler alert, they're going to get filled in a second. And that's how many are going to get filled. Let's look at it from our perspective. What's an empty jar for us, okay? Let's kind of break it down. For spiritual walking, those empty jars become spaces that God can fill up, okay? So, where can God fill me? He can fill me at church. Empty jar. He can fill me. Oh, is the church having a Bible study? I saw it on the screen. Okay, well, maybe I should go to that Bible study. It's another jar I put out. Hey, it's an opportunity for God to fill. I'm not, I'm not in charge of filling it. I'm in charge of getting the jars. Okay? So now I've got that. I've got that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... I never seem to get anything out of the Word of God when I read it by myself. Doesn't matter. Put the jar out. Private time with the Lord. Prayer time with the Lord. Praying for the enemy at work. That she gets on my nerves. You don't even know. But the Holy Spirit keeps telling you to pray for her. Put the jar out. You know you're supposed to be pouring into the next generation. Are you doing that? Put the jar out. You know somebody should be pouring into you. Ask the Lord to bring a mentor to your life. Put the jar out. We're in a church setting. There's places here to serve. Did you know that? Put the jar out. There's nonprofits in your community that need to see LifePoint Church. Put the jar out. Let God fill. You're not in charge of filling it. You're in charge of getting the jars. So don't ask for just a few. Don't have a limited mindset with a limitless God. What does he say in Isaiah? He says, my thoughts are way above your thoughts. <laughs> my ways are way different than your ways. Right? What does he say in Ephesians? He says, I can do above what you ask or think. I'm, I'm, I'm so unlimited. Don't have a limited mindset. Get the jars out. Don't ask for just a few. Verse 4. This is still Elisha talking. He says, then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. Here are the instructions, right? There's something really interesting about this because she was going to have to go ask all her neighbors for these oil jars. Um, if you haven't been in church, like I said, you might not know, but this is a miracle about to happen. If you've been in church, you know where we're headed here. So those neighbors are going to see the miracle because they were like, oh, what'd you need my jar for? What happened? Or later she's going to end up selling some oil to them. So they're going to understand that there was something that transpired here. But it's a fringe. They're going to see it from a distance. Who's going to see the miracle more than anything else? The people in the house. Go in the house, shut the door. Look, you're, gold star to you. You are in the house today. Stay in the house. 
you get a front row seat to the miracle. And look, mamas, get your kids in the house. They need front row seats to miracles. There's something powerful about being in the house of God. And then let's, let's take it a step further because I am a pastor's and a pastor's wife, okay? Get serving because when you serve, you really see the miracles. You get to see life transformation. Don't we want to see that? That's the, that's the spiritual energy that keeps me going when I see God working in my life and lives around me. So I need those front row seats to keep going because the life is hard. I want to see life transformation. I want to be where the miracles happen. You? Get serving. Stay in church. Plug in. It's not casual. It's not because, just because it said so, the Bible says, you need it. This is your energy source. Get plugged in. Okay, verse five and six. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. Okay, pause. Your obedience always unlocks God's more. You need to hear that, okay? God is enough. But to unlock that space, you're going to have to obey. She, she took his instructions. She had no idea what was going to happen. We get the spoiler. She does not know. She has no clue. This has never happened before. She has no precedent to go by. But she says, I will just obey. I'm in a desperate enough place that I don't need to question. I just need to obey. Man, can we all live there, right? That I'm just desperate enough, Lord, that I want what you tell me to do more than questioning. I'm just gonna step into obedience. That's what she does. She begins pouring, verse six, when all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. Man, we can't ignore the fact that they were so close to this miracle. It changed their life. They got the holy goosebumps place, these boys. Isn't that powerful? They were never the same because of mama's faith and obedience. Whew. Bring me another one. But he replied, there's not a jar left. And then the oil stopped flowing. However many she got, that's how much oil she got. Amen? Let's keep reading. Verse 7. She went and told the man of God, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Okay. We're going to pause for a second. There's an equation you need to hear. Okay? You need to hear this. You plus God always equals enough. Because God's enough. Okay? So you can bring your six to the table. You can bring your zero to the table. You can bring your nine to the table. It doesn't matter. You plus enough is always going to equal enough. And that's what she saw. God is enough. Jehovah Jireh, he provided in this space. God is enough. In fact, okay, go sell this oil. Not only did she pay off her debts, she had enough to live on. And I cannot help but see this as a picture of what Jesus would do. He stepped onto the cross and he paid our debts. And then he stepped out of a tomb and said, now there's enough to live on too. Isn't that good? 
And that's exactly what we experience in life. Look, some of you got out a jail-free card with salvation, and then you're still living in defeat. You got your debts paid. Congratulations. There was enough to live on. Start living. Why do you think Jesus said, I came to give you abundant life? It's more than what it looks like here. It's enough for you to live on. Yeah. Okay. We're closing it down here, boys. <laughs> Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. Because this is a truth we see in the Old Testament, right? But I want you to hear that it's, it's not alone. This is a repeated theme throughout scriptures. And we're going to go into the New Testament. Let's see Paul's experience in the same place. Because the widow had a lack, didn't she? She didn't have enough in a space. And she saw God fill up the jars and fix the problem. Paul also had a lack. And in 2 Corinthians, we read about it. We're going to be in verse 9. But before we get there, let me explain what's going on. If you haven't grown up in church, there's this phrase that they say about Paul. He had a thorn in the flesh. That's what he called it. Theologians aren't 100% sure what it is, and they talk a lot of different things and theorize. But here's what we know for sure. Whatever it was, it was a need space. Whatever it was, it was a lack. Maybe we weren't meant to know so that we could relate to that. Because did you come in here today in a space that there might be a lack? Okay, so Paul relates with you he's like here i have this lack so it says in verse 8 that i didn't give them on the screen but let me just tell you what it says three times this is paul talking i pleaded with the lord to take it away from me so he's asked god fix this just like the widow did right verse 9 but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness so he he fixed the widow's problem one way, but with Paul, he said, it's just going to be me. I'm not going to take it away from you, Paul, but I'm enough. When it says made perfect in weakness, what that actually means is complete. And I love this thought. I have a circle on the screen. It's not complete. Let me have them put that up there. This circle... Not complete, right? And, and I would say, like, that's just a little space that's not complete. Some of us feel like we've got big spaces that aren't complete. Some of us feel like I'm just a little arc. I'm, I'm not, a, nobody could even tell it was a circle, right? It doesn't matter. Christ completes us. When it says he is made perfect in our weakness, what that means is it's complete. He fixes the circle. It's going to look like a circle. It doesn't matter what you're bringing to the table, where your lack is. He, he's going to complete it. Let's keep going. Therefore, I will boast. <laughs> Paul. Paul. I'm always like, Paul, too far. You're going to boast about your. You're that excited, Paul, that you have this thorn in the flesh i'm like oh wow paul okay what is it spiritual goals hashtag spiritual goals here we go he says therefore i will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses what he's really saying is i got lots of jars i got lots of jars for god to fill and i'm excited that there's a lot of places where i get to see the miracles so that Christ's power, this word power in Greek has the connotation of miracles. 
miraculous power so that Christ's miraculous power may rest on me. I'm like, what does that mean? It actually means, it's a picture in the, in the Greek, it's that, like a tent dwelling. Like God's miraculous power and I get to be under it. I'm in the shelter of God's miraculous power. How many of you today would like to leave this room in the shelter of God's miraculous power. Am I right? Yeah, you're like, "Uh uh-huh, sign me up for that. Where's the sign-up sheet, Pastor Alex, right? So that's what he's saying. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. So something, there is a connection. I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. What I'm reading is there is a connection between my lack and the miraculous power being on me. So the more spaces that I've put out that I have need, the more places I open up to God about where I'm not enough, is the more spaces I get to see the miracles. Is that what you're reading? Okay, let's keep going. That is why, now it makes sense when you read this, that is why, for Christ's sake, what does that mean? To make Jesus' name big. That is why, for Je- to make Jesus' name big, I delight I'm excited, is what Paul said. I'm thrilled in my weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. Now, let's read this together. They're going to put it up there. I believe in them. Yep. Yes. Read this together. One, two, three. For when I am weak, then I am It's almost, because it's, it's counter our thoughts. Do you understand? That's why we talked about that Isaiah passage. It says, my thoughts are above your thoughts. It doesn't make sense to me. I am human, but it is above that. It says, in your lack, that's when you're going to be the strongest. And I looked this up because it, blew, it just blew my mind. And I'm like, surely that pronoun, surely it's kind of inclusive to God. Like, no, it's saying, because you have opened up your weakness to God, He's going to fill it, and you are going to be stronger. You are going to be stronger. And it's so cool because when Pastor Alex asked me here this week, and one of his hearts and visions is that women would feel strong. Weird, but it's actually when I put out my lack, when I put out these jars of weakness, that's actually when I experience strength. And it makes sense when you think about the jars as spaces that God can fill, right? Because if I open up myself to more spaces God can fill, yeah, I'm going to be stronger, aren't I? Why do, we, why do we not do that? Why are we not having bigger capacity? Why are we not where we say we want to be with God? Ask yourself right now. Ask yourself because that's an important question. Because you are as close to God as you want to be. And I dare say, you are as strong as you've put out the jars. It's heavy, right? It's convicting to all of us. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Remember the Slurpee. What's your bucket look like today? I pray you came in here with a big bucket to receive all God had for you. But I pray you live your life large. You live your life in a big capacity. 
You live your life unafraid of your weaknesses. You may be like the widow and miracles happen. You may be like Paul where he says, it's just God, God's enough. It doesn't matter. Those intimate spaces are where you will experience God the most. I was sharing in first gathering, you know, it's Mother's Day. It's a challenging day for some of us. I've lost my mother, so I don't know if that might be your experience. It's hard sometimes on these special days. So if, if you're there, my heart beats with you. A couple years ago, now it's been like four years, I lost my father. Nine months later, I lost my mother. So I stand up here as an orphan. And that is a challenging thing, but I will tell you, it's a lack in my life. And yet that is a space where I've experienced God that if you're not there yet, praise God for that, if you're not there yet, you haven't experienced that intimate space with God like I have. And it's true for your lives as well. There are spaces, hurts, struggles that you've walked through and you have a new facet in your relationship with God that others aren't going to experience. Do you understand? In your weakness, those are the spaces where you become strong. We're going to close today. I want to close in prayer. I want to speak some things over us in prayer. So if you'll close your eyes, the worship team is going to come on stage. And let's close us out before the Lord, yeah? God, I'm honored to stand in a church hundreds of miles away from where I normally worship, where people love you and are serving you and are passionate about you. Thank you for your body that spans the continent and spans the world. We just thank you of how big you are, Lord. We step into this space today, and I think all of us can say we are convicted. We want to experience the miracles, Lord, but we don't always like to be in need of a miracle. More of you, Lord. Help us to hand over some empty jars to you, some places of weakness. Help us to hand those over because we know you're going to fill them. That's what you do. You're enough. You plus us always equals enough. So may we just hand more of ourselves over to you to fill, Jesus. While your eyes are closed, I just wanted to speak some things over you. Because in Job, God's talking to Job and he has a lack, doesn't he? And yet in that space, God reminds him, I'm the one who directs the lightning bolts. He reminds him, I'm the father of the rain and the dew. So wherever you are today, I just want you to hear God speaking, I am enough. Then we come to Psalms. And he says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. The wealth of the world is in my hand. So I don't know where you are today, but God is enough. And then we come to Lamentations. And he says, take a deep breath. Smell that? That is fresh made mercy for you every morning. I am enough. And then we go to Romans. And he says, my grace is outrunning your biggest mistakes. It outpaces it. I've got so much grace. I've got enough grace for you. He says, I am enough. And then on the cross, 
what did he speak? He said, it is finished. And do you know what he was saying? I am enough. And we know he walked out of a tomb and he invites us out of ours like we sang earlier because he says, I am enough. I'm gonna close us out in prayer. Jesus, we praise you. You are enough. Your love secures us. It grounds us. It is the rock beneath our feet. Your love is enough. Your words over us, telling us we're more than a conqueror when we don't feel like it, telling us the victory is promised when we can't see it, telling us to keep walking through those valleys of shadow of death that surely goodness and mercy follows us when we can't even imagine goodness. Those things you speak over us, Lord, remind us that you are enough. We step into those today. We want to believe you for more, and we want to put out more jars. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.